Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? And it is if you're a gardener and you're in the south because it's springtime and things are busted loose. Got a break in the weather, folks. It's going to be a beautiful weekend to get out and do some stuff, whether you're a gardener or not. If you're not a gardener, if you are a gardener, I'd be glad to help you. If you're not a gardener, I'd like to encourage you. I'm Horticulturist Felder Rushing, and you've tuned into the Gestalt Gardener. It's a virtual garden party produced by Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Uh, me and Java Chapman, my producer, for the next hour or so, going to do a little cheese music, some inspirational stuff, some a lot of events going on that you might be interested in, but mostly it's a live program. Uh, so if you've got things on your mind about your garden, want to share some stuff, kick some ideas around, here's a chance to talk to a non-profit horticulturist who will tell it like he tells his mother or how his mother tells me. We're going to take a w- real quick break and come back with the Gestalt Gardener and get dirty right after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. Hope you can tell I got a smile in my voice this morning because I am back home in the deep south. I've been in scooting around doing my stuff but it's a pretty day we got a lot of rain a lot of rain matter of fact my dirt is a little too wet to dig but luckily i've already dug it i've added some stuff to it so it drains pretty good so if you've got flower beds ready to go we're going to talk a little bit about that you got some veggies and some herbs you want to put in the ground we can talk about that if you don't i'd like to throw out a little challenge i'd like to see uh, folks who normally don't garden go out to a garden center or someplace and Get your big old pot, you know, something not quite big enough for you to put, a little bit too big for you to put your arms around. You know, if you can put your arms around it, it ain't big enough, but a pretty good sized pot. If you can't find it, get you a five gallon milk, a uh, five gallon paint bucket and drill some holes in the bottom. Fill it with some potting soil and let's see what kind of herbs, culinary herbs, that you can grow in one pot. And I'm talking about things like rosemary and oregano and uh, maybe some chives, some basil, definitely some basil, hot pepper, you know, stuff like that. And see if you can get two or three or four or even five different kinds of culinary herbs that look good. They're pretty when they're planted together. Um, and they grow well in a pot without a whole bunch of care. Good soaking every week or so. And uh, let's see see if we can come up with some, some plants that you can take a picture of before, you know, right when you plant it. Then uh, we'll check in a few weeks later and see what it looks like after. So if you're up for a little bit of a challenge, if you're a great gardener, that's fine. You're already doing this stuff. If you're not a great gardener, you know, give it a go. If you're not a gardener at all or you got kids who've never gardened, Big old pot, just about big enough to put your arms around, and two or three or four, maybe five different kind of culinary herbs or edible flowers. Let's see what we can come up with. And we're going to post pictures of them. So if you want to, Java, I haven't even talked to you about this. I'm just jumping in. You know, you're the producer here, and I'm just making stuff up as I go. We we, we can make that happen. Okay. We welcome the pictures. Okay, okay. It was, uh, wasn't an executive decision, just a spur of the moment thing, because I've got some really cool stuff growing in pots right now. I just set out some basil. I just brought back uh, from, I was in Texas giving talk to Master Gardeners, 470, 450, a lot of Master Gardeners from all over the, the great te- uh, state of Texas. And I was a keynote speaker. I might want to add it was the 40th anniversary of the Texas Master Garden Association. I was the kickoff keynote speaker and the only speaker not from Texas. So I quoted Lyle Lovett. That's right. 
I'm not from Texas, but Texas wants me anyway. Anyway, we're going to be talking about gardening. I've got some, a couple of bouquets, two different bouquets that I picked, one from my yard, one from the roadside as I walked in. We're going to talk about those and pull them both together into one little bouquet. I'll put a picture on our blog in just a little while. But anyway, for the next hour or so, it is a call-in program. I'm going to make some announcements. Uh, share a little stuff, but it's a call-in program. So if you want to talk about what's going on in your garden or not, give me a call. It's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING, 877-MPB-RING. And before we even get to the announcements about the great plant sales and things going on, let's jump right in and, and chat with Jim, caller from Madison. Hey, Jim, good morning. Good morning, Felder. Howdy. Cup. A couple of years ago, the city of Madison um, dug up part of my St. Augustine yard uh-huh. to replace a large drainage structure. And when they when they put the sod, when they replaced the sod, they apparently didn't roll the thing. And yeah. it's got several places where there are dips or small swales. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there any way to top dress that to even it out, or do I need to cut out that turf and... and no, it's, dirt under it. It's a, it's a good question. You know, the, the easiest thing to do would be to you know on a weekend like this when it's really wet out there. Are, are they are they noticeable dips and rolls? Only when I'm mowing. Okay, you know you could might could go to one of these uh, uh, equipment rental places, McGraw or someplace like that that's nearby, and they have rollers. They they push them like lawnmower, but it's like one of those steamroller things. You put some water in it and, and smooth it out like you would a, a wrinkle in a bedspread. When the ground is when the dirt is moist, it smooths out just like a bedspread. So okay. that you might want to do that, and you can rent those things. Um, but if you're going to fill in, I would use real dirt. D-I-R-T, dirt, not potting soil, not sand, but something that closely matches what you've already got so you don't have uneven uh, colors of grass out there. So, and, right. uh, and and you can, if you get some, and just sort of throw it over there, as long as you can still see some of the leaf, you know, the, the leaves sticking up, it'll grow up on top of that. So, in other words, a little at a time with real dirt. Right. Okay, great. E- either Thanks way, so it'll much. be fun. Okay, hey, That's good. what good, I needed to know. Good Thank question on it, Jim. Appreciate it, man. All right. All righty, folks. I want to throw out a, a couple of things that are going on this week. Actually, several things going on this weekend I wanted to talk about in, in particular uh, that you might be interested in. There's plant sales. A lot of plant sales going on this weekend. And uh, we're going to, uh, let me see. First of all, we're going to start in the Jackson area. There's a, a terrific plant sale that the Master Gardens, Metro Master Gardens, have every year at Monel Gardens. Starts at 8, and it will be packed with plants and people. I went by and looked at some of their plants. They got a lot of stuff there. It's always a lot of fun, real helpful people, cheerful people. A lot of these are grown by the Master Gardeners, but that's going to be at the uh, at Monel Gardens on Saturday uh, starting at 8 o'clock. Uh, other plant sales, there's going to be one that's uh, going to be a plant sale in Vicksburg. The Master Gardeners are having their sale at Openwood Plantation. Um, uh, that's uh, t- tomorrow morning. Adams County Master Gardeners plant sale and educational seminar at the Natchez Copia Lincoln campus. Uh, the DeSoto County Master Gardens are having a plant sale, plus old garden tools and a lot of other stuff uh, at the corner, southeast corner of the Courthouse Square in Hernando. By the way, this is the opening day for Hernando's, Hernando's award-winning farmer's market. There'll be a lot of stuff to see and do. So those are things I've got. <clears throat> oh, there, there's one other thing. Let me see. I took a picture of it because I didn't get an email in time. Let me see what this, this picture says. Uh, here we go. Pollinator plant flash sale. Crosby Arboretum, uh, Saturday and... No, no. Uh, 
today and tomorrow, Friday and Saturday. Crosby Arboretum, that's in Picayune. They're having the first ever pollinator plant sale this Friday and Saturday. They can have a lot of salvias, milkweeds, bonardas, all sorts of butterfly and other pollinator plants, and that are native to Mississippi. Sale's going to go until about 2 o'clock. Crosby Arboretum down in Picayune, today and tomorrow, a pollinator plant flash sale. And then the last one I want to mention before we go back to the phone calls. By the way, if you want to give us a call, toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. Next Saturday on May the 4th, going to be a special event up in Tupelo. They have their the Home and Garden Tours, the uh, uh, the Joiner Gardener Joiner Garden Festival, Saturday, May the 4th. It starts at 9 o'clock at St. Luke Methodist Church in, uh, in in Tupelo, there's going to be plant sales. There's going to be uh, uh, vendors, all sorts of neighborhood artisans on display, a lunch. Uh, and I'm going to be giving a program starting at 1130 at St. Luke Methodist Church there in, in uh, Tupelo. St. Luke Methodist Church, Saturday, uh, the, the 4th of May, starting at 1130. Anyway, the tours start at 9 o'clock. If you want some information about that, shoot me an email, uh, and I'll be glad to help out with that. Uh, also next weekend, the Gulf Host. Gulf Coast Herb Society uh, going to have a big Herb Day event at Mobile Botanic Gardens, nine to twelve. Uh, they got Chef Corey Garrison going to talk about growing, harvesting, and cooking with herbs. Um, that's going to be at the Mobile Botanical Gardens Saturday, May the fourth. If you want to give us a call, toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Let's slide up to Olive Branch. Good morning, Pat. How are you? Hey, Felder. I'm doing great. Good. Here watching. My tea tree grow. You want me to report on it? Okay. Beautifully. Uh, this is the camellia that you make tea with. That's it. Okay. And I planted it last spring, and it's absolutely covered in green leaves. Are you going to try to make tea with it? I'm going to, <laughs> but I'm not going to touch it for a while. Well, I mean, it uh, all it can. okay. Let me let me throw this out. Tea is made okay. from the real tender, small, tiny, brand new leaves. If, yes. And if you snip those off and chop them up and dry them to make tea, the plant almost immediately puts out more branches with more little leaves. So if you want to let it get some size on it, I understand that. But anytime you want to make tea, it's the tender new growth that you do it, and it'll put out new stuff real fast. Okay, thanks. Now I have a problem. I can't grow regular garden sage. It dies. It looks like it's wilting, but yeah. it's watered. It's fine. It's in the sun. Yeah. What am I not doing right? Well, it's not what you're not doing right. It's what Mississippi is doing wrong for sage. Mississippi is oh. doing perfectly fine, but sage doesn't like our weather. I just got back from Texas, and sage will get knee-high, even waist-high. You're talking about the, the, the cooking sage. Um, yes. Salvia officinalis. It it needs dry conditions, and we get so much rainfall that its roots either shut down or actually rot. And the whole plant will, will wilt, and even the center of it will rot from simply too much water. Yeah. So if you want to grow it, here's the way to do it. Get you an old container, any kind of pot. I've seen it grown in old plastic swan containers. You know, any kind of pot that's got good drainage. And put some pretty good potting soil in it, and only water it when it gets dry. Don't keep it moist. And that drainage is what it really, really needs. I'll do that. Thank you so much. Okay. Hey, appreciate it, Pat. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. And by the way, last week, uh, this past week, I went up to Oxford. I met with the folks at the, uh, uh, they've got a commu- two community gardens in, in, I mean, excuse me, two farmer's markets in Oxford, one on Saturdays, and then they have one uh, down at the pavilion right by the community garden, um, right off, whew, I can't remember the names, right right across from the library, the Oxford 
City Library. Right across from it, they've got a big community garden, really fun. They have a lot of educational events, but the pavilion, they have a, uh, a, a farmer's market that's only on Tuesday afternoon, Tuesdays. And it's great. It's full of, they got music, they got all sorts of crafts and food and plants and stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. I had a, a really good time. And then we had a talk about growing uh, stuff to eat in all different kinds of containers at the library. Had a blast. I love doing that kind of stuff, and I look forward to, to many kind of presentations and libraries and uh, for master garden events, garden clubs, things like that. Farmers markets is just it's getting people out and about. If you can't grow it yourself, there's other people who grow it for you, and they'll swap it for whatever you got in your pocket. We're going to be talking about gardening, folks. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing. Um, not a great gardener, not a great horticulturist, but, you know, enough to stretch to it. And uh, I've got some bouquet flowers I'm going to talk about when we come back, hopefully to talk with you about what's going on in your garden. Give us a call, toll-free, one mpb ring If you want to grow sage, it's got to have good drainage. you got to make it think it's in Texas or hanging off a cliff in the Mediterranean. It does not like a lot of rainfall. We'll be right back with more right after this. Okie folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. If you got some garden events that I could help uh, promote, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. I talked about some of the plants that I brought in, uh, two in particular, three in particular. My great-grandmother, Pearl Townsend Boyer, was a horticulturist, born in the 1880s. And uh, when she was uh, in her teens and beyond, she kept meticulous notes, wonderful stories, uh, things that she observed. Uh, And one of the things she wrote in 1918, I've got her journal, uh, 1918, she wrote about her mother, all dressed up to go to church, would carry a bouquet of flowers in her hand. And you got to remember, folks, this is before deodorant. I mean, people carry stuff to sniff because people around them weren't that. Well, they were fragrant, but not in a good way. But anyway, she she remembered her, her mother, all dressed up to go to church, would carry a bouquet of flowers. She said, among the red roses with a delicate blue tray scantia with the long, bright green streams of leaves. Now, some of you may know tray scantia because it's named after John Tradescant, a real real big plant explorer from, from Britain back in the 1700s. But you might know it as spiderwort. Spiderwort's that wildflower. It gets about knee-high or taller. It's got three usually uh, blue petals, purplish blue petals. Um, it's a great wildflower. A lot of people don't like it because it, it grows as it wants to, whether you like it or not. But my great-grandmother remember the spiderwort, not the weediness of it, and the roses probably had black spot, but when you put the two together, the red rose and the purple, the blue spiderwort, the bright green streams of leaves, she had a real nice little bouquet that she picked from her garden. Uh, she also included uh, a few sprigs of a type of daffodil that she called May, M-A-Y. And a lot of people call it Two Sisters. Uh, it's the latest blooming daffodil. It's white with a tiny little yellow cup. Every flower has usually two flowers. Every stem is two flowers called Two Sisters. Blooms in late April and May. So my great-grandmother remembered her mother carrying in her hand a bouquet of red roses, blue tracecantia, and then the white Two Sisters or May Rose. And I just picked these from my garden 
pure coincidence, my garden, and I look at them, and it's red, white, and blue. It's red, white, and blue bouquet. And so I thought that was kind of cool. I also stole a, I mean, excuse me, I liberated a couple of flowers from along the roadside, that bright, brilliant, dazzling purple verbena that's from Argentina, the verbena rigida, brilliant stuff. The harder the conditions, the better it grows. And that real big floppy pink Mexican primrose, what a combination. We're going to post a picture of that for our blog when we get off the air. But meanwhile, if you want to give us a call and chat about gardening, toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. Now let's go to uh, up to Memphis and talk with Mike. Hey, Mike, good morning. Hey, man. What's up? It's a simple question, and yeah. I know you're a herb guy. You know, when the, when the blooms come out, like on the chives and uh-huh. the basil and all, should you pick those off to make them grow better or just let them bloom? Well, it's a good question, and uh, you could do either one. By the way, the flowers of both of those are perfectly edible. You know, the chives, you might want to cook them a little bit because they'll stick in your throat, but uh, all those flowers are perfectly edible. The chives typically bloom, you know, after they've grown a lot. Cutting the flowers off is not going to make the chives grow any better. Chives are garlic chives. That's all you get, and you eat the leaves anyway. Uh, But things like basil, if you cut the flowers back, cut the plants back, they'll bush out like the next day. Everywhere you make a cut, they can sprout, so they'll have more to cook. But the flowers are also really good for, for pollinators, for bees, and they'll attract bees and butterflies and pollinators to other stuff in your garden. So might might want to snip a few and leave a few. Well, I mean, from uh, especially like on the basil, does does that make it um, grow more to take them off? Or yeah, yeah, because just leave them, just leave them for the critters. Well, I, I do both. You know, I cook with mine. I grow culinary herbs. I grow some stuff that you used to make soap with, and you could dye your plants with, and you can make yourself throw up if you feel bad. You know, all sorts of stuff. But I mostly grow culinary stuff. I cook with, and the more you cut them, the more bushy they get, and uh, the more you have to cut. But Truth is, I don't really need that much basil, so I cut a stem here and there so it bushes out, leave a few flowers because they're pretty, and it got bees but, on them. But the chives, the chives are different. It doesn't make That's any right, difference. Right. Chi- yeah, chives are a bulb. You know, they, you know, they, 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 now, something like an annual, I just set out some, uh, some little flowering zinnias, and a lot of these annuals you set out to bloom, if you set a little plant out that's got a flower on it, like, you know, you get a six-pack at the garden center, you set them out, they all got that one little flower. If you leave it alone, it's going to sit there trying to make seeds. If you snip that flower off, the plant will immediately put out new growth and start blooming again. So what I do is, let's say I set out a six-pack of these little zinnias. I snip the flower off of three of them, so I still have three to look at. And by the time the three that are left drop their flowers, the three that I cut, a lot bushier than more flowers. Oh, great, man. The good I sure co- appreciate it. Good question, Mike. Appreciate- hey, try growing some of these in a pot and send me a picture of it. I'll do it. Okay, appreciate that. All right, thanks. All righty, folks. This is a little challenge. You got children want to do something. Maybe we ought to have a category, grown-ups, or two categories, experts, novices, and children. But a pot that's just big enough to put your arms around with two or three or four, maybe five different herbs or edible flowers. I'd like to see what pe- combinations people who have free will will come up with. Uh, give us a call, toll-free call, one eight seven seven mpb ring Let's go slide all the way down the Gulf Coast to Ocean Springs. Hey, Jesse, good morning. Good morning, Felder. Um, I have a question or a problem, actually, about my yard that I'm looking for some help with. Okay. 
Okay, so my yard is on a slope. It's a, a shallow slope, maybe 20 degrees away from the house. And um, at, at the edges, maybe six feet in from the edge, it gets a little bit um, steeper. Mm-hmm. And there's a chain link fence at the bottom of the slope. Right. And um, there's a big soil erosion problem, and it's getting down to the um, foundations of the chain link fence. And I'm wondering how to build up that soil and what kind of plant I can put on there to hold the soil in place, or if well, there's a different option. Well, there, there, there are different options, but uh, let me ask you, it sounds like you might have a lot of shade there. No, I don't. Okay, I have good. a very sunny spot, so good, good. that's not an issue. Good, good. There's plenty I'd of things you can do. I'd rather not have to mow it. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of options you can have. As a matter of fact, there's so many that no two, two designers would do it alike. One thing would be to think about terracing it, you know, go out a little bit and chop down, and so you have like two layers, like a terrace, mm-hmm. and and you know, and you can actually shore up the 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 downhill side of it with some some you know, two, you know, some two by six two by twelve boards mm-hmm. or something like that, mm-hmm. and create a little thing, maybe with a little step thing in between if you want to, uh, mm-hmm. and then you can plant stuff at the bottom of the terrace that grows up sort of like a, a, against that little wall. Uh, and that'll slow the water down. You can also make it where the water goes in a specific direction by digging a real shallow ditch. You almost not even see it. And the dirt that comes out of it, put it on the downhill side so it goes mm-hmm. down a little bit and up, and it channels the water. And you could even fill it with some flat rocks or something like that to create a deliberate, like a like a dry creek that water goes in cool. and, and channel it. And that looks good. Yeah, okay. Uh, that, that's a little extra effort, but it looks good. Uh, <laughs> and it gives you opportunity to plant all sorts of stuff just here and there at the edges of, of that. Uh, mm-hmm. But as far as plants that will slow it down, really you need something that's going to – you can't stop the water. You can channel it or you can slow it down, which cuts out erosion. And that means a ground cover that's matted and evergreen. We get a lot of right. erosion in the wintertime. So. And uh, the choice of that, uh, Asiatic jasmine is a good choice. Yeah. It can be a little aggressive with some people. Uh, monkey grass won't really take that much sunshine, but um, Asiatic jasmine is one of the their better ones. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm just kicking ideas around because I have so many different images. Uh, main thing, think about changing the the way the soil is. It's not too big an area to make a terrace of part of it and channeling the water of the top part of it, a little ditch. Goes back up towards the edge that funnels water down and around to where it can scoot on out. Okay, I'm going to think about that. Uh, if you'll shoot me an email, I, you know I'd have a hard time thinking on my feet. To be honest, I just drove 1,300 miles in the past two days, and I'm a little addled. Plus, I went out. Maybe I shouldn't say this. What my boy is a. My son is an army captain. He's going to be deployed Monday. So we stayed out a little late celebrating last night. So anyway, shoot me an email. I'll be wittier then. Okay, so thanks a lot, Felder. Okay, it's a start, Cindy, but it's really, um, excuse me, Jesse, please uh, shoot me an email. Let's have some fun. Will do. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. All righty. Now, whew, uh, my boy, my son, 33, Army Captain Ira Rushing. He was a Marine for a long time. He's an Army Captain now, being deployed to a place where he's not really supposed to tell us where he's going, but he's going to be gone until November. So we went out whooping it up last night. When I get off the program today, I'm driving to his place. We, I have to plant some trees and shrubs around his house. We're going to go get us some mulch and spread it around, and so the place will be nice and neat while he's gone. It'll be there when he gets back. Let's go up to Cordova. Hey, Cindy, how are you this morning? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. What's up? Uh, question. Mm-hmm. I know you're not really supposed to divide daffodils right now until the foliage dies. Yeah, if you can. 
can I dig up the whole clump and move it if I don't damage the bulb? You, you can. Is there a really big reason why you can't wait just two or three more weeks? I mean, I've got way too many in one small bed, yeah. and I can't plant anything else in there yeah. until I move these. Well, here, here's the, the general deal. The general deal is daffodils take about five or six weeks to form next year's flower bud after they finish flowering. So if you've had a month or more since they bloomed, it's not going to really be, it's not that big a deal. But uh, if, if if they flowered in the past two or three or four weeks, they might skip a year. It'll be 2022 before you have another flower. You know, so okay. uh, if you could wait. But to answer your question, if you want to carefully dig up entire clumps without dividing them, uh, and then when they die down, then go ahead and replant them. That would be okay. Just try not to disturb the roots anymore than you have to. This kind of a delicate season for flower buds. Okay, thank you. I want to throw this out, Cindy. You can't mess up by doing whatever you want to do with daffodils. Can't mess up, so don't worry about it. Stupid rules. Okay, Okay. thanks. (laughs) You bet. All righty, folks, give us a call. We've got some lines open right now. Toll-free, one mpb ring Plant sales all around the state. Master Gardeners in Vicksburg and Natchez, uh, Tupelo, uh, Jackson. Uh, if you know about some plant sales and farmer's markets, give us a call. Toll-free, one mpb ring Meanwhile, uh, while I'm arranging this bouquet for Java to take a picture of to put on our podcast, let's listen to a tune that is... Uh, just about is how I felt this morning when I first walked out. It's wet out there. The rain really hard uh, yesterday. Went out. The sun is shining. The birds were chirping. The uh, it just it, it just made me feel great. And so that's what this tune is all about. We'll be back more with more of the Gestalt Gardener, me and Java, and all the other folks here at MPB right after this.
Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fellow rushing. Java just took a picture of this bouquet that reminded me of my great-grandmother with the uh, red roses uh, that she grew, the uh, t- two sisters or May daffodils, pretty little white things, late blooming, the latest blooming, and some of the wonderful spiderwort that she called Trace Cantia. Uh, red, white, and blue, folks, and I also threw in some of that real bright purple verbena that's growing along the roadside right now. It's the kind of plant, if you throw it on the ground and stomp on it and walk away, it will grow better than anything else you can do to it. So, anyway, give us a call, toll-free, one eight seven seven mpb ring or email us at garden at mpbonline.org. want to remind folks, there's plant sales everywhere, one in Jackson at My Nail Gardens. I'm going to swing by there sometime tomorrow morning in my green pickup truck with a stuff growing in the back, uh, but they're all over the state. Uh, meanwhile, let's go to Mobile and talk with Mikey. Hey, Mikey, good morning. Good morning. Oh, and, um, best best to your son and, thank and, you. and, uh, and you, um, and thank y'all for I'm your a, service, let, of let, let me brag on him just a second. My son, Ira, is the, uh, he's the 12th direct line generation rushing to serve in American military service. But I want to mention, the first two were British. <laughs> you know, If there's a fight, we're going to be there. <laughs> but anyway, he is being deployed, and I appreciate that, Mikey. What, what's up this morning? Well, you might have some Irish in there, too, you know, <laughs> the fighting yeah. Irish. Yeah, yeah um, Scottish, whatever. We're gonna, yeah, 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 all of us, all of us. So, um, anyway, um, uh, I got a couple of questions. One, uh, I have a neighbor, as I understand it, the flea spray on the border of the yard thing, is not really effective anyway, but uh, this neighbor tends to spray it, and he sprays it in areas where I have some edible things growing. Now, what what um, is this? What is he spraying? He caught. He says it's flea spray. Flea spray. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, he's not doing any good, but it's not hurting anything either. The the stuff that they would spray for fleas or insects or ants or anything, as long as uh, it, uh, very few of them are actually. The ones that are available on the market um, are, are going to be a real problem for edible plants, unless he sprays it directly on the plants. And in that case, I just need to know which one it is, because a lot of them break down, Mikey, within a few hours of mixing the water. They do their job, and then they're gone. That's why modern, you know, all the long-lasting stuff, long gone off the market. So, and and if, it, if it rains, then that dilutes it even further, right? Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, this stuff, it, it breaks down, you know, it's designed to, to not be persistent in the environment. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but uh, before I can really comment about whether it's really safe or not to, to, to eat some, some edible stuff that's been sprayed with it, I need like to know. Yeah, yeah, but I need to know what he's spraying. You know, it's all it is because I, I can't tell otherwise. Right. Okay. And uh, my, my question is regarding a vegetable that's... Um, comes out of New Orleans and, as I understand it, South America, called Merliton. Yeah, mine. Places, I got and coyote and others. Yeah, uh, or vegetable pear. I grow it myself. I love it. I love eating it. And I've tried. The, the only thing that works for me is the law of reverse effort, right? You know, if I, as soon as I turn my back on it and go, I'm not even going to try anymore because it ain't going to work yeah. for me, yeah. then they start jumping up out of the ground. Well, yeah. I got two this year. But I've got a limited space uh, for sunlight. Well, this uh, is Mer- Merliton or Shaoti is a real vigorous vine. It's a it's almost like a, a a miniature kudzu. So it needs something to climb on. And it's going to cover a lot of stuff up. 
So it's yeah, it's well, it's a big space. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. But it, it doesn't produce until last thing in the fall. See, so it's going to take up all that space. So if you can do that, I would also plant something flowering in with it, some cypress vine or some uh, gorge or something that give you to enjoy all summer while you're waiting for the merlotine to produce this fall. Get double well, duty out of that planting. I got lots of four o'clocks that are already starting to well, come I'm up just, and they're well you, established. So they'll be in front of it. Yeah, but if you're going to plant a vine, this can be there all year. Go ahead and throw in a moonflower, something like that. That will also grow. It's okay to plant two or three different vines together. That way, you have you can enjoy the space better, and the myrtletons will produce in the fall. So it is a perennial. Then I, that no, was another no, question no, I had. No, 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 no. Here's an annual. A little freeze even on the Gulf Coast. Okay, Doug. Thank uh, you so much. Okay, I Mikey. Appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. And before we go to the next call, let me mention this. My daughter Zoe is. She's been working at a really cool garden center for almost a month now and she is loving it she's a talented artist does a lot of paint portraits so i'm not just bragging on my boy my my my, my young one my daughter a grown daughter having a blast working at a garden center we'll talk about that some other time but meanwhile uh, let's go to uh to benton and talk with billy good morning billy howdy i'm fine how you doing good what's up i'd like to ask you a question about attractive butterflies and uh hummingbirds would Sylvia be a good plant to put out to track both of them to provide a food for them, too? Salvia is a terrific butterfly and hummingbird plant. There's a lot of different kinds of salvias, but uh, the, the perennial blue salvias uh, come back year after year after year. They're excellent all-season butterfly and hummingbird plants, even the blue the ones. The blue ones, okay. Yep, okay. but any of them. They don't have to have red, but uh, you know, but, but, but they love the blue salvias. Are hummingbirds also attracted primarily to, to a red color or not? Nope, nope. Nope. I mean, they like red, but they go to blue just as well, you know. Good deal, then. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I want to know, and I appreciate it. Thank okay, you. Okay, Billy, appreciate it. Yeah. I took my uh, friend Jesse Yancey. Uh, he's a, a gorilla gardener. He gardens on a street corner in Jackson, and a fun little garden. It's full of all sorts of uh, uh, shrubs and perennials and annuals and herbs and vegetables and native wildflowers and all that, that sort of stuff. I took him with me to this master gardener thing in Texas, and we swung by and visited Mike Shoup, who uh, is the owner of the Antique Rose Emporium over in Texas, and uh, I spent a little time with, with him and his wife, Jean, at their house, and we went through there, and they have all the roses and all the perennials, all the kind of, and they don't grow roses like rosarians. They use roses scattered here and there in flower beds. It's just flowering plants. They don't make a big deal about it. Uh, and they, they companion, mix it all up, a fence with a rose, with a daylily, with, you know, all that kind of stuff. But Mark, uh, not Mark, Jesse picked out the rose that he picked out of his garden. It's called Martha Gonzalez. It's a little red rose, one of the few red roses, little small flowers, blooms nonstop. It's got deep, almost red foliage. And it's a compact plant discovered in the the uh, garden of a of a woman named Hispanic woman named Martha Gonzalez, one of my favorite roses. He got one for his garden. So, folks who know Jesse and his gorilla garden, look out for Martha because she's coming too. Now, let's slide down to uh, to, to uh, up to Tippa County. Carolyn, you call him from up in what I call the ice box. Hi, Good howdy. Uh, we just moved into a home onto cleared land, and it's just plain red clay. Yeah, and I've. I've been trying to, I put out some seeds for clover. I believe it's either, I don't know if it's crimson or red. Yeah, it is, I, yeah it's crimson. It doesn't matter. I'm having it doesn't matter. trouble, 
you know, here or there want to pop up, and it, it grows a little bit, and then it dies. I when, put lime on it. No, no, no. When, when did you plant it? Just in the last, well, in the last month I've been doing okay. it. Okay. Here, here's the deal. Uh, clover grows over the wintertime. You plant it in the fall, it grows over the wintertime, blooms, and then it dies. So ain't no oh. way to get clover to grow in the summertime. It's just, oh. you, know, you sort of miss that one. But at the same time, if you still have the problem and throw the seeds out this fall, that's when the crimson okay. clover, ricola, all those, they grow over the wintertime, and then they die when it gets hot. I also put out some, uh, I don't know if you can hear me, I'm right by a train, uh, winter <laughs> wheat uh, seed, Yeah, and uh, it's starting to come up. And I know it's going to die out. Yeah. And uh, so can I put the Bermuda right over that, or do I rake it? or? Well, here, what do here, I... here's the thing with the Bermuda seed. Uh, you need to wait till the soil is warm. And we've had okay. some, some unusual cold spells, so Bermuda grass seed will sprout quickly if the, if the soil is warm. Oh, so we're looking okay. at next weekend, this weekend, next weekend, just now getting time for that. Uh, but the seed has got to be in direct contact with dirt, so if you've got stuff growing out there, like the like the the, the rye grass and and uh, and the wheat, um, if you could mow it, and then let it let the clippings dry down for a day or two, and then throw the seeds out, then this this the Bermuda grass seed will be in touch with the dirt, okay. and, and then get this: as the wheat seeds di- plants die when it gets hot, they will provide root paths for your Bermuda grass to get down deep. Oh, good. See, so oh, good. so you sort of got. <laughs> Root, you're growing holes for the Bermuda roots. But I'd, cl- I'd clip it first, throw the seed out, and if you could get like a, a piece of a chain link fence or a rug or something with a piece of string and just drag it around just to mm-hmm. make sure that the seeds are knocked down into contact with the dirt. Okay, great. I can do that. Thank okay. you so much. Uh, good luck on it, Carolyn. And if you have you. some more questions, shoot me an email. All right, thanks. All righty, folks. Um, Let's talk to Helen, who's calling from Brandon. Good morning. Hello, Helen. Can you hear me? I can. We got a little bad connection. Are you okay? I'm fine. (laughs) Good. We just got a bad connection. What's up? I have three very large crepe myrtles. Yep. um, And they are covered with lichen, the the limbs are. Gotcha. And a lot of the limbs have no leaves on them. I gotcha. But even the ones who do are covered with lichen. Okay. I I, I can answer your question, but if you'll just hang up and listen and answer, because we got a real crackly connection, so uh, I hope you're still listening. Lichens, uh, those little scaly gray things, are not the problem. Lichens growing on a plant indicate they're the symptom that the plant is struggling. Lichens are growing rocks, tombstones, bridge railings, anything that's slow growing. So when you see lichens crushed on a plant, they're the symptom that the plant's not growing very well or else it would just simply shed them off. So when you have a lot of lichens on a crepe myrtle, azalea, any kind of plant like that, it says the plant wants to be pruned or fertilized or thinned out, something to get some vigorous new growth that will be free of lichens. So the lichens are the symptom, not the cause. And they don't hurt the plant, and they're actually kind of pretty in a weird way. But anyway, with limbs not blooming, crushed with lichens, that plant's uh, got some kind of root or trunk, trunk problem. Pruning it will get rid of a lot of the, the dead wood, the excess growth, and the plant will quickly put out new growth, be more invigorated, not as much of the lichens won't be there. So anyway, hope that helps. But I get a lot of calls about lichens. They're a symptom, not a, not, not a cause of anything. 
Okay, now I'm taking a deep breath because we're about to go up to Memphis and talk with a woman that we call Chains. Okay. Hey, good morning, Kay. How are you this morning? Well, I am fine, and I am loaded with questions for you. Okay, now we we got other callers on the line, so let's keep them as quick as we can. I know, I know, I'm just mostly joking. Okay. (laughs) I don't mess mess with with ladies who go out with chainsaws. (laughs) What's up? Well, I've I've used mine in the last two or three days. Okay, first of all, I wish you could see my flower bed that has a red running rose on the fence behind it. Uh-huh. And I have, I counted this morning, I have 21 stems of yellow iris. Wow. It is absolutely gorgeous. With the, the red you, broom at the same time as the red roses. Yeah. And, and people come by, I know that it, it, they stay there till Mother's Day, but people come by on Mother's Day and want to know if they can pick some of the roses. Well, do you let oh, them? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Okay, sure. okay. I, I, I rescued, this bush is about 14 years old. Uh-huh. I rescued it. Someone had planted it under a sweet gum tree with, and used rocks for a bush. Can you believe it? Well, if, okay. if, if, I'd love to see a picture of it. If you if you or somebody you know could take a, a good picture uh, and send it to me, that'd be great. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll see about that. Okay. Okay, now my, my two questions are, what do you think and I I, I, I really looking for you to confirm me. You know my 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 uh, the spider war to begin with, right? My theory is it doesn't spread from seeds; it spreads from roots. It does both. Well, okay. it does both. But, yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm okay. I should say it does not spread exclusively from seeds. That's right. It's a clump forming plant. It doesn't have runners. It runs way out and comes up from other places. But it. But when you get one. Oh star- yes, it does. It, I pulled. I got one the other day and it had an eight eight inch uh, fleshy root. Yeah, but they I, have- yeah, I'm not sure that's a runner. Those ones. I've been growing this one of my my all time favorite native wildflowers, and I know that that the clumps can be really vigorous and thick and got good oh, roots. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. I've never seen it run like like a you know with underground runners that pop up two three feet away. I, well, I, don't, I, don't I have think. An, I have an area a place where I kept all the flowers pinched off. And I, this spring, okay. I was going to dig up everything, yeah. and out from the main one, in all directions, I had these baby plants, and I traced some of the roots back to the mother plant. So well, I don't know. That's, I, just, I'm, that's I'm, a theory. Okay, I'm a I'm a test a theory. I'm gonna go because I got it all over my yard. I love it, but I pull up as much as I can, and there's enough left for me to enjoy. But I'll go check that out. I've just never have noticed it. Spreading by runners, and you know, like yeah. I said, I got it. So I'll find out. We'll both find out, Kate. Okay, Kate. okay. I have one bed of it that's beautiful, but it's totally isolated by concrete, so yeah. it can't go anywhere. There you go. Okay. Now my other is about my dear, dear, um, uh, 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 uh Major. Mm-hmm. I think I finally know where it came from, but I want your idea about it. Many years ago five years ago probably, I got a plant from over across the street they were moving, and it was a little vine. It was a variegated small leaf vine, and I dug it. It wasn't about a foot high, so I dug it up, and I planted it. I know exactly where I planted it, in a, a, around a post uh, wire post in my garden, and it died, and I didn't think anything about it, and that is where my Benka Major started. From that end of the garden, it I have it 75% under control. I've got to go clean up the, right. the leftovers from last year. 
do you think it could have been grafted? Oh, no, it would, would have been grafted. I, I know that for a fact. But now vinca major comes in a variegated form, so it might have gotten a variegated one, and it was a weak, you know, a lot of variegated plants are what we call weak mutations. A lot of times uh-huh. that, that they'll peter out, but the solid green one will come back. We, we see that uh, fairly often, so th- that could have been what it was. Okay, that's it, because that it started in my right. garden. Right, very, and I very. Tell you, I, I worked hours last year getting it up, <laughs> and I still I, I have seen a few places where I didn't get it, the roots good. Anyway, I have about uh, six hours yeah. work. Okay, this well, year good, to get good, it up. good luck on it, Kay. And uh, send us a picture of the rose in the in the iris if you can. Okay, I sure will. All righty, okay. uh, have a good. It's going to be a great weekend, so enjoy yourself. Oh, yes, I plan to. Thank you. You bet. All righty, folks, that was Kay calling from Memphis. We called her Chainsaw because one time she had a thing out in her yard, and she said she needed to change something out, and I chainsawed out. I said, well, you know, I need to get somebody. She said, oh, no, I got two two chainsaws, and I know how to use them. So we called her Chainsaw Kay, lovingly, of course, but she's out there doing what we all like to do, and let's put her around and do stuff and if things don't work well, you, well, you just fix it. You just fix it. Uh, I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. We're going to take a real quick break and come back with some more phone calls. We'd like to remind folks that there are plant sales going on all over the state. I'll give a quick rundown on them uh, when we come back from, from this break and after one of the phone calls. Uh, but if you have some things I can promote, shoot us an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Me and Java and all those other folks here at MPB could take a real quick break and re- be right back. Have you been in this situation? You're listening to a great story on Think Radio in your vehicle, but now it's time to go inside. You want to keep listening, but you're ready to move on. What can you do? Pull up the MPB Public Media app on your phone while you're in the car. You can continue listening to that great MPB local show and not miss a moment. Search for the MPB Public Media app in your app store. Java. See, you, you never heard of Java Jive before, did you? That was the ink spots. Java Jive. Hey, folks, we're going to take a real, real, uh, uh, a week long break between now and next week, but we still got time to chat with folks about gardening. Let's go up to Horn Lake and talk with David. Hey, David, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What's up? And the, you just played the ink spots, and my mom and daddy used to listen to the ink spots <laughs> all the time. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Uh, I got two quick, well, three quick questions if you can squeeze them in. Number one, I got some crepe, I just moved into this house and it's got some crepe myrtles and the, I got baby crepe myrtles that are shooting up wild yeah. in the yard. And yeah. I want to know, can I dig them up and transplant them or I just need to mow them down? I just mow them down for a couple of reasons. First of all, um, you know, and, and you can, you can do that if you get right around to it, but crepe myrtles are, we're having a problem with a new insect called bark scale and it's a tough one. I'm afraid it's going to eventually get to all the crepe myrtles and not being negative. I'm just, you know, being proactive about this. Uh, but, uh, unless you just really need some great myrtle someplace, I just mow them down. Okay, dokie. And then, you there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and then uh, I got the the house I just moved to. 
it's got a whole row of daffodils, mm-hmm. and they're green, but they don't. They they didn't have any flowers. They planted yeah. too deep or too crowded, or not enough sun. It's hard to say, David. I was raised by a, a great grandmother who had three hundred and fifty different kinds of daffodil, and there's only about two dozen that keep blooming. The rest of them just get crowded out, or they they they, they don't get enough cold in the winter. A lot of daffodils are not well suited for the South, just like some of ours don't do well up north. So uh, what you can do is after the leaves start to turn yellow, dig them up and move some around, you know, sort of spread them out a little bit. And let's see if the ones spread out get the elbow room to start blooming again. Uh, Otherwise, like I say, not all daffodils are created equal and some just make leaves. My great-grandmother, 50 years ago, she had some blooming and nothing but leaves for the past 40 years. All right. Uh, One more quick question. Surprise lilies. Uh There's a whole row of them and they're super thick and everything. Can you divide them up and separate them? And if so, how do you do it? Yeah, is this a real? Or the pink one? I have no earthly idea. Like I said, just moved in the house. Okay, they got great big leaves or little green leaves with a light green stripe down the middle of them. Great big green leaves. Okay, yeah, that's one they call naked ladies, by the way. Surprise lilies. Uh, let's wait, wait till the leaves uh, flop over and turn yellow. Mm-hmm. Dig them up while you still know where they are. If you put it off, you're gonna forget about them. But okay. uh, you could dig them up. Uh, they'll they form their flower buds right now after they you know in the late spring before they die down. So leave them as long as you can. Dig them up. And they're gonna be big and they're gonna be deeper than you think. And then just spread them a few around and put them wherever you want, and they'll do great. They're, they're easy to divide, but let's wait till the leaves turn yellow. Okay, thank you so much. Have All a good right. day. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, folks, I want to mention the Cross Yard Realtor is having a flash sale of native plant pollinators uh, today and tomorrow down at uh, Cross Yard Realtor in Picayune. Uh, there's, they're going to have the uh, plant sale at Monteo Garden starting at 8 in Jackson tomorrow, Saturday, April 27th. Uh, Adams County Master Gardeners having a plant sale in, in the seminars 8 to 12 with the Natchez uh, Copia Lincoln Camp, uh, Campus. DeSoto County Master Garden plant sale down at the southeast corner of the Courthouse Square in Hernando. And um, this is just awesome. I'm going to be in Tupelo next Saturday in my truck with the plants in it and then giving a talk. Uh, that's going to be at the, uh, the the Joiner Garden Festival. It's going to be at St. Luke's Methodist Church. Uh, starting, the tours start at 9 o'clock. My talk's at 1130. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rush. Me and Java and all the other folks here have been trying to get this garden party, this virtual garden party for bunch of diggers. Diggers are determined individual gardeners. Whether you belong to a club or not, you're welcome here. This is our party. I'm going to take a break for a week and come back same time, same place, talking about whatever we can. If you get a chance, take a kid to a garden center. It's a beautiful weekend. They're loaded with plants. Got a lot of stuff to do. Show them how to plant some stuff in a pot. Prepare some herbs. Take a picture of them doing it and send it to me. We're going to take a break. Be back next week. Meanwhile, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do my best to get Get dirty. See y'all.